1,000 sketches in 1,000 days. Day 733. Sketch 1,054. Analyst. Looks like we've got ourselves a monologue here, guys. Monologue! <laughs> Quite. That's his trigger word. We went to see that <laughs> that hypnotist. He helped me a lot, okay? <laughs> Listeners, he's eating an apple as if twere an orange. Strange. <laughs> I mean, I know I should have gone onion as if twere an apple, but, but yes. that, I realised that after I said apple, I'm quite <laughs> pleased with my switch to orange as quickly as I managed it. <laughs> Just peeling the outer dermis. Yes. And then breaking it into segments. <laughs> yeah, basically. Offering it around. Do you want a bit of apple? <laughs> uh, yeah. Trying to get the pith off in the middle. Because that's what a core's really called. So, who shall do this monologue? Richard, you wrote it. And uh, go on. You shall do it again. I shall do it. All right. I have truly enjoyed my two weeks residency observing your workplace practices and I'm confident in saying that I can streamline many of those processes and I dare say save you a substantial amount of time and money. Firstly, I'd strongly suggest you change your work attire. Those dinner jackets and delicate sequined leotards must be costly to purchase and to maintain. On to the specifics of your work itself, you could immediately make a 67% saving by having one cup instead of three. Uh, furthermore, I suggest you will get most value from your cup investment by using it to serve drinks and storing any balls elsewhere. Another excellent tip that I can import to your industry from other business sectors is simply to advise utilising effective communication tools such as email or a secure mobile messaging service such that if you need to know, for example, which playing card a colleague possesses, you might discover swiftly without recourse to time-consuming clairvoyance or telepathy. A quick one now. Do you actually need a rabbit? Worth mulling over. A highly important point to raise, bisecting anything, whether it's one of your organisation's assets or a lovely leggy lady, is redundant if you immediately reconnect the Sioux subdivided elements. Uh, to be frank, I suspect some of you had gleaned this insight already. Don't be afraid of your instincts when it comes to efficiency. I shall, of course, supply my in-depth report, but in essence, my consultation primarily consists of advice that you should really consider your operating procedures and ask yourselves whether there is a leaner and more streamlined methodology for reaching your intended goals. Also, whether it's one that involves less smoke and fewer albino pigeons, because neither of those consumables come without a price tag. I trust this has been useful. Oh, and whatever you do... Keep hold of that guy who makes 50 peas come out of your ears. He is invaluable. Nice. Yeah. It's not very good, really, I don't think. But, yeah. It's okay. It is what it is. We've done quite a few involving conjurers over the years. We have. I suppose it's an easy profession. Yeah, I don't think conjuring, you know, 
I know they do all like wacky card tricks close up on the street now, but still magic hasn't really changed in 50, 60 years, has it? So you can no. be guarantee the audience understands the reference points. Yeah, it is useful for that, certainly. But, uh, I have nothing uh, more to add. <laughs> Thanks, Si. <laughs> You're welcome. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's hard to know what to say. So, uh, I mean, has anyone ever seen a, mag- a magic show? Like, not on telly, no. not Paul Daniels and shit. Just going to see one in like a theatre or... Not at the theatre. I mean, I've seen a couple of sort of comedy magicians on mixed bills. Um, mm-hmm. And I watched Jerry Sadowitz do some tricks on a couple of occasions between getting his cock out and shouting racial epithets. But a fun night out for all. I mean, uh, you shouldn't have done those two things. <laughs> I thought there was audience participation. Uh, I was in Peterborough for some reason. Family holiday, I must have been seven or eight. And there was a sort of magician doing sort of kids' entertainments there, dressed in full sort of wizard suit. The main things about it, which I do remember being, A, the slightly rowdier kids just taking the piss throughout the entire show and him getting quite annoyed with them, and one of his doves doing a massive shit down the back of his cloak. What? Uh, Yeah. But that's 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 been my magic time, really. Um, oh, and Pete Furman once got me up on stage when I was really, really dying for a piss, and I messed up the finale of his act by setting off a party popper slightly too late, as the only thing I could concentrate on was my bladder. <laughs> he didn't make the wee disappear. Uh, no, I did that, but thankfully not on stage. Any more magicians, anyone else, or is it just me? No, I've never seen one. I have seen a Punch and Judy when I was a little kid on the seafront in Norfolk. (laughs) I don't know whether that still happens. Hmm, I think there's still some some swazzles around. Yeah, crocodile, sausage, racist Chinese man who probably isn't in the lineup anymore. You'd hope not. No no spilly water was his his catchphrase. (laughs) Dear. No, never seen a Punch and Judy. Don't think I ever ever remember I mean, seeing a stand at the seaside. Quite mystifying for the most part. Parents always watch the Punch and Judy, and then I'm like, why is there a crocodile? Like, I know none of it makes any sense, but it no. was all these different tropes, and I'd never seen any of them before. <laughs> and, I, and I find it mystifying. Understandably, uh, and then yes, it was it was incredibly violent, as you'd imagine. <laughs> I didn't mind that bit so much. My sister didn't like it. She was off. She wouldn't watch the Punch and Judy. No. Um, oh, well. I've never seen anything remotely like a magic show, so I just can't comment. Okay. You've never seen, like, a kind of ritual in the forests of Ireland or something to <laughs> ensure healthy crops in your county? That's not really magic, though, is it? Well, it depends on the, like, how well good the crops like, were the following year. You know, the, the, the ritual sacrifices that you, you kind of do occasionally. Mm. Um, I mean, that's rude to call that magic, I think, Alistair. Okay, I'm sorry. What do you call it then? Ritual sacrifice. <laughs> <laughs> that seems reasonable. And what's that in Gaelic? <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't know what that is in Gaelic. Uh, I'm not going to tell you anyway, Kit, because we might have to do, do you tomorrow, so, you know. <laughs> Fingers crossed, you know. Obviously, I should really do Alistair, because that would get rid of us having to do a thousand sketches. But, you know. The harvest was quite good this year. I can spare me till next summer. 
Harvest Moon should probably actually Harvest Moon is here. That's true. <laughs> You're okay for now. Sadly, for now. <laughs> See you tomorrow. <laughs> If you're still alive. <sighs> 1,000 Sketches in 1,000 Days was written by the Albion Basement. It was performed by Richard Catherall. It was produced by Alistair Turvitt. The music is by The Evenings. See you tomorrow.